Welcome to the CEO of Destiny podcast, where you will find the tools to fulfill the purpose of your generation and wildly succeed in the marketplace. And now your host, Andre J. Benjamin. Uh, take us a little bit more on your journey. How did you end up becoming uh, to where you're currently at now? So you, you ended up, you, you, you get pulled in, you get, you started to realize you took the accounting courses. You called them, is it the O-level exam? O-level and then A-level. Yeah, A-level is... Yeah, it's kind of like it's it's you know you take that more of like the last two years of high school. Um, they're really tailored to get into universities in in England, um, but you know, but you know, to come into the United States, you take SATs. So I took SAT. I took my SATs and ended up in Seattle. Um, long story. Why Seattle? <laughs> because I have an aunt, an American aunt. Uh, her name is Auntie Brenda, and her and she actually so she was married to my uncle who's from Zimbabwe, and her thing was like don't go anywhere racist, you know? So <laughs> I, I actually, so, you know, coming from Zimbabwe, the whole United States all sounds the same. New York, LA, Seattle. It's, it, you don't understand how different places are. You don't yes. know, you know? So she, so she told me like, hey, Seattle is a, it's a place where there's just enough diversity. You know, you, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a huge city, but you still get a city feel. And, you know, and, and, it's, and, it, and it's, it's, a, it's a good economy, right? It's a good place maybe eventually you can land and live there one day. So she wow. spoke prophetically. And, and my dad was like, yep, this is where you, you trusted her. So, we, so that's how we chose Seattle. So how old were you when you came to Seattle? I was 18. 18. So you're, you yeah. take the SAT, you arrive in Seattle. Um, what are you thinking when you're, what are your first impressions of the Pacific Northwest? Wow, it, it's just, I feel like in the beginning, I was definitely overwhelmed by like the culture, just like, just the different, just like the speed of everything here. It's just life, life here just was so fast all of a sudden. You know, I grew up in Zimbabwe and I actually grew up on a farm in Zimbabwe, so even oh, slow. You, you know? weren't even in the metropolitan, you were in the, right, yeah. you know, see, like everything is, you know, cat, yeah. you're seeing the process of cattle being raised. Yeah, you know? exactly. See exactly. time and harvest and then over here, everybody's just. Go, go, go. Yeah. yeah, it was really fast. Uh, it was it was just different. It was a yeah, it was a, a colder culture. It was a thing where you felt you felt you connected with people, but you there was it wasn't like, you know, in Zimbabwe, there's this thing where and I know your wife has been there where there's such a warm thing. When you connect with people, you feel like a genuine like, oh, yeah, we're connected here. It was it felt more transactional in nature. Connections felt more like, oh, yeah, you get to connect with people, but it's like it's a transactional thing, you know. Um, and it felt, and then it, then I think for me being like African, and then also connecting with African Americans, that was really that wasn't easy. That was difficult because I think with some African Americans, it felt this. There was this like, oh, you're from Africa, so you're not really black, you know, because you didn't come from, you know, you haven't struggled like all people did. I was like, well, you got, you didn't either, so. Right, <laughs> you know, so it was, yeah, it was, it was a there's so, so many, so, so I didn't, I didn't really, so many dynamics, yeah, and I had no place, I wasn't white, I wasn't actually black, I was actually just African, right? I was actually my own thing, and trying to find it, you know, coming from a place where you have so much identity, like in Zimbabwe, someone hears your last name, they know exactly where you're from, absolutely, so like what your chief is, and you're, you know, like, so you walk in such identity and culture, then you come here. You're not it's like in Zimbabwe. If I say Rusika, it means something. In, in Seattle, your last name doesn't even mean anything. 
And no. even if my first name, it means nothing. Like, I'm just like another person. I'm just like, wow. So that was, that was that's tough. powerful. So the, you, you made a, I mean, that's a, I mean, I, and I know you're an adult and you have a lot more time to think about these things at a deeper level. But then even as a young person, if you take us back to your mindset of how are you navigating then with, because you still have to go on and you have to get your education and you have to, yeah. you, I mean, go to your schooling and figure out um, what's going to produce equities for you personally. So how did you navigate through that? Because I, I want this, we're going somewhere with this. This is not just the, you know, oh, yeah. kind of like skip through memory lane. Why, what kind of mindset did you have to help you to deal with the difficulty of having to figure out? So we, we talk about, uh, you know, uh, in, in, you know, some of the American experiences of uh, Black Americans and African Americans is that, that, like you just said, that, that, that non-sense of identity. Um, yeah. I think identity is, a, it's a human value. We all need that. We all, God have a place of belonging. Who are yeah. we from? Where are we from? What are yeah. we here to do? All that identity, yeah. destiny, calling. Yeah. So how did you deal with discouragement <clears throat> when you are facing that? So we talk about being, um, having to be bi-dialectical, meaning that when you're with your peers, you're talking one way, and then sometimes you navigate into professional circles and you have to talk a different way. Or you were, say you were, you know, in um, the you went, you came to American school when you were in college, but when yeah. I was in, we had uh, levels when I was in high school. And yeah. so middle, high school pulled the curtain back for me that there were like five schools in one. So we had the uh, regular level, we had the, well, we had the, well, actually, we had the English language learners, ELL. We had the oh, yeah. ELL. We had yeah. the special ed. Then we had the regular. Then we had the honors. Then we had the advanced placement. So we had like yeah. five schools in one, people going yeah. to the same building, but getting completely different experiences. So yeah. I, I couldn't talk the same way that I talked in my regular classes when a teacher put me in honors class. Yeah. And everybody looked at me like they didn't understand what I was saying. So I'm like, oh, wow, I got to. So I got to understand this dialect of what they're, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. What was your, what was your experience with that? Learning how to be, you know, multi-dialectical and then also navigate, like you said, you said, I'm not, I had this, you, I had this peculiar place as you described in your own words. I was neither black in people's eyes yeah. and then I wasn't white, but then also get, you know, I'm African, but to them, I don't, they don't really know what that means. Because yeah. because so-called even being African, there's over 50 nations. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, like exactly. That's, that's another thing, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, yeah. And I think like, I, I feel like it, it was difficult. I was trying to assimilate, right? And, and I think part of it was like, okay, I, I, I ended up having multiple frame groups. Like my first, um, my first Christmas, like I went to, I had this guy, he's a white guy, his name, his name was Nick. And, and, you know, and there was this whole thing in the, the beginning where it's like, you know, because I'm from Africa, people kind of like were gravitating towards me, but it was kind of like, you could tell, like it was more like to, to just, because I'm very unique and different, but then it's like, so, so, but it was, but then there's some people who I just felt so super connected to, like this guy, Nick who was white. He took me to his house for Christmas and he lived in Spokane. I'd never heard of Spokane. I didn't even know what Spokane was. I go there. I'm just like, Oh, this place, this is like the whitest town I've ever been. I mean, <laughs> I, I, Seattle was at least somewhat Asian and diverse. And Spokane was like totally different. Um, and, and 
And that's where I actually had my first kind of experience with racism that I can actually articulate. I'm sure I had it before and didn't really know. But like where um, they took he, 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 him and, and again, he, he just never, I don't, I was only, I think I was his first black friend. So he's never been around black people. So he took me to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. To oh, go see. Yeah. You didn't know anything about Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Absolutely. For some reason, like for, I heard later after I left that, oh yeah, there's, there's you know, there's a big KKK presence in Absolutely. Um, and when we were there, I was, um, you know, first, you know, I, I was, I, first of all, I couldn't ski like those guys were. We were in there for skiing. You know, it's my first, it's my third month in the United States. Yeah, you're like, oh, well, I'm not a ski expert. You're taking me to the slopes. And, yeah, he's doing yeah. what he, and he's doing what he thinks he knows that's just like regular social stuff. Regular like, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's what we do. You can't yeah. ski. What's wrong with you? You know, so I kind of stay more in the in like the into in the like the restaurant areas where people are kind of hanging out, and I just notice I'm being followed the whole time, and I'm just like, what? Why am I being followed the whole time? And I just remember like as we're leaving that trip, just being kind of like, wow, this 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 sucks. Being <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, there's just some, there's nothing wrong with me, and I actually felt like. Like threatened, like are they gonna try grab me? Like what's gonna happen? Like because it just felt, I felt so like threatened. Highlighted and, and observed and watched. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like yeah. watched like a safety. It's watched. No. Like, like you're a threat. I'm a threat. Yeah, and yeah. I felt threatened by that person just following me around. Right. Like what? A, what's gonna happen? And I didn't see. I couldn't find my friends. And eventually they came back. And and I was just like, wow, this is you know that was a tough experience because that was my first kind of experience with that, with dealing with racism and. And then I remember coming back and- So what and would be the, out of curiosity, what would be the contrast in Zimbabwe? Cause is it, do do people people have drama based upon, is it tribalism or like, you get what I'm saying? So what would be yeah. the, what would be the comparative? Cause if it's not like racism, like America or whatever, what would be the, 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 the comparison? You get what I'm saying? So the, there's definitely tribalism, right? So in Zimbabwe, there's two main tribes, the Shamas and the Debeles. Um, so and even within the, and the Shana, I mean, there's the two main cultures. I guess within each tribe, each culture, there's, there's different tribes. But and so in in that, there's there's always been dissension between the two. Um, the Debelas live they live more south of Zimbabwe, closer to like close to the border with South Africa. So they're you know they're kind of more related to, to, to that end. And Shanas are more north. And Shanas have always been in charge, you know. But and there's a and even within the Shanas, there's all these like tribes and different subgroups within the Shanas that aren't that go against each other. And even now, with the way the politics work, it's very like, oh, so what? Who's your what tribe are you from? And then there's oh yeah, so you'd even show up in policy and politics oh, and everything. So for sure. back, I get okay. So back, so you're back in you're you're in Idaho. This is your first experience. You're like, I'm being watched. I'm being uh, profiled. I'm being followed. I don't feel safe because they they don't feel safe around me. So it's this almost yeah. like us against them. You get back with your friends. How do you process this? Because because like I said, I'm I'm trying to navigate with you through. How did yeah. you end up becoming who you are to this day to where you're extremely productive and you are now connected with people and you're, you, you, you're an honorable person and, and people honor you in the same way. Not to say that there's not still challenges and problems. Yeah. I want to hit that though. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think for me, like processing that, I, I really like, um, I think it was, it was, it was humbling, I think, because I, I felt like, um, 
I felt like I, I just had to be, just had to be more guarded, right? I just, you know, and not to, not be, not, I can't be open to different people, but I, I, I just could understand a little bit more of the African-American experience. Because before I just, you know, and not saying like I get it, but that was like, because like for all these white people, when they see me and they see you on radio, they're like, oh, he's just another black American, right? So I could understand like at least that, like that pain in terms of where that came from. Um, and, and I think for me, like it was, I, what I, where I always rested is that like, wow, but I am this, but I'm, I am more worthy than this, right? I am more worthy than where these people see me because I've, I've, I, I, I had that growing up. I had that assurance from my parents. I had that assurance from my culture and my people in Zimbabwe, you're, you're raised by like, not just your parents, like so many people around you. So I just. in the family. You have yeah, a community. Family, yeah. For you to succeed. Yeah. So I just felt like almost like you can always feel them rooting feel them rooting for you. And and usually like in in my early days when I was here, and I'm a big dreamer. God talks to me in dreams. At the time I didn't really know what what well if he that he was, but like I would have dreams about my grandma who had passed away. And she was always like so reassuring and so loving. And I remember just having all these, she was, she was just dropping all my dreams and she was really representing Jesus. Yeah. In those dreams, but she and it, it was so that always kind of like grounded me, for, you know, and, and I wasn't really like walking like super closely with the Lord at a no. time. But there was just always something I knew deep down inside, like, man, I'm good, you know, so then, no matter so, what's happening here. So can you can you elaborate a little on because I, I, I love the contrast. So can you elaborate a little on the were you in because you, you, you alluded to not being embraced as well by black Americans, by African-Americans, you weren't. What was the, what was that experience where where people were embracing you and being like, man, kind of like, you know, welcome to the city, welcome to you know what I mean, welcome to yeah. the states. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Do us a favor: if this was useful in any way for you, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Reviews will allow others to easily discover the podcast. If you'd like more information and to receive a free download, rediscover your destiny. Go to CEOofDestiny.com. Thanks again and tune in next time.